when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Welcome to Raptors Over Everything, a podcast by Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wam Lou. On this week's episode, um, we are previewing the second round series between the Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers, and joining me to do so are Vivek. What's going on? And Alex. What's up? Um, let's start here. I think this is the biggest question in terms of you know whether the series will go a very short way, or maybe it's like a seven-game bloodbath, but... Can Mark Gasol handle Joel Embiid? We just saw Mark basically cut Nick Vucevic's production in half from about 21 points to about 11 points, slash his field goal percentage and everything like that, and it kind of demoralized um, Orlando because the number one option wasn't going. Uh, Embiid is the number one option for Philadelphia. Can Mark Gasol do the same thing to Embiid? I think he can. Um it- Maybe not to the same degree because Embiid is obviously the better player. But I think when you look at the matchup, you look at what Gasol's done against him historically. Or, or, what you know, you look at Embiid's numbers; he's been averaging about sixteen a game. So obviously, that's a big drop off from what he's accustomed to. Um, and I think that plays into the Raptors' hands a little bit because Embiid is the type of guy. It's like, yeah, obviously he's going to do everything for Philly to win, but he also wants to be the guy that helps them get it done. Right? Mm-hmm. And he wants to be the main guy that gets it done. I, I, I was reading um, a couple of stories about that game one that Brooklyn stole. And, I, it, well, you know, when Embiid came back, uh, the thing with, with him was he was jacking up these threes and just trying to be the main guy when he's not even healthy. And it's like, you know, just come in, do your thing, play your defense. And, you know, everyone else, it's like you have enough around you now where you can just do that and be all right. And now, you know, Again, with his health being a question mark, I don't know if he'll be willing to take a backseat the way you look at Marcus Gasol is able to do with the Raptors. You look at what Kyle Lowry is able to do. Um, if if he looks to be a, like so dominant to the point where he's hurting to the team, especially going up against Gasol, I think that just plays right into the Raptors' hands. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because you know I don't know if you guys remember. I think it was a couple of years ago when he was playing in the regular season and he was on his like minutes limit, right? Like, he would put up, like, 20 shots in, like, 20 minutes. And I think you're seeing – you've seen some of that, like, in the first round. And obviously, like, it works to Philly's advantage when he does have it going, right? Like, against guys like Jared Allen or Jared Dudley, you know? Shout out Jared Dudley. Yo, it's hilarious how bad the net center situation was, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ed Davis going down, I was like, oh, man, they're, they're done. Yeah. So, like, to the question, though, like, I, I do think, like, Mark will be able to, I guess, quote-unquote, contain – Joel, you know, the one thing I would be worried about is the foul trouble situation because the Raptors aren't exactly that deep in the front court either, right? Like after you get past Mark and Serge, um, there's what, Eric Moreland. 
Um, there's not really a lot of guys that they can put on Joel, right? <laughs> oh, poor, poor, poor Josh Lewenberg. If Eric Moreland is going to be... <laughs> We're not discussing that. <laughs> this has been a stress-free playoff run. And um, shouts to Josh Lewenberg and Eric Moreland for just creating drama. No, but shouts to Josh. Um, yeah, yeah so like I, I do think I do think Vivek makes a really good point is that like there's so much talent on this team that there's probably an optimal way for them to play with Joel and the other guys. But Joel does tend to want to go kind of one on one and, and kind of just make it his own game. So, you know, I, I feel like that could play to the Raptors advantage. Yeah, for sure. And I think it depends on how um, and decides to attack. Uh, Gasol, right? Because if you're just going to try to go through Gasol in the post and then hit him with some pump fakes and stuff like He's too smart for that, right? The only time I could really see um, Gasol picking up fouls really against Embiid is like in a pick-and-roll situation where he has to move his feet a little bit. Um, you know, the Sixers, they do run a bit of pick-and-roll now um, after the making all the trades they made, but, um, you know, they still have that lethal dribble handoff play with Redick, which is eff- effectively a, a, a pick-and-roll. And, you know, and, you know, Gasol has to step up high to sort of contain and help the, the, the shot while also staying attached to Embiid. So I feel like maybe rotation-wise, there might be a little bit of struggle. But also, at the same time, we also saw the Raptors, you know, to a much lesser degree, defend the DJ Augustine and Nick Busevich combination. Well, and, and again, there's no, real com- there's no real comparison in terms of quality between DJ and Vooch versus Embiid and JJ. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to even bring it up. But what I mean is, like, functionally, it does work kind of similarly. And at least the Raptors got a lot of you know, reps. One thing they talked about after game one was about how, um, you know, there was a miscommunication on that play and Kawhi and, and Mark, you know, so, you know, they, they made a mistake and obviously, you know, the magic capitalized, but for the rest of the series, the Raptors really tightened up. The defense was great for the rest of the series. And, um, I think it worked well in that case. Also, by the way, I just want to put some numbers out on the table before we continue this discussion. So, uh, Embiid has only played Gasol once this season. That was when Gasol was on Memphis. He had 14 points, on four fifteen shooting with six turnovers. All right, so that's a Ben Simmons stat line right there. Uh, and then last year, um, there was 14 points on four of 10 shooting and also 15 points on five of 13 shooting. And if you go back to the year before that, when Embiid was a rookie, 12 points on four of 10 shooting and seven turnovers. So in, at no time has Embiid ever even scored more than 15 points against Gasol. So I think that will change in this playoff series, but um, there's definitely a track record of success. I'll say that much. And the other thing I'd add to Alex's point is the Raptors also have an advantage in that Embiid's never really had huge numbers against Ibaka either. Mm. So I think when we look at the foul trouble, I think it actually is to the Raptors' advantage if, you know, maybe you go six minutes with Gasol as opposed to the usual eight or nine. You bring Ibaka in because I feel like Ibaka actually plays better when he gets those first couple of minutes with Kyle, gets gets into that rhythm with the pick and roll, and then he sort of seems to thrive off that. We saw that in, uh, what was it, game three? Uh, it might have been game four where where Gasol had the foul trouble. Um, no, it was definitely in game three. Yeah, game three. Yeah, yeah. it was definitely in game yeah, three. Ibaka Gasol, stepped in, yeah, right? exactly, yeah. right? But because of that time he got with the starters, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he was a different player than what, what we saw in the first half. So I think that actually works to the Raptors' advantage. Yeah, and like, I mean, the larger point for me, and this is no disrespect like to the Sixers, like they have a lot of talent. Like we're talking about these individual matchups and we're going to go through it. And these two-man games with Embiid and Redick and things that the Raptors have to defend. There's nothing particularly that I'm like overly concerned about because I just feel like the Raptors have such a great defensive five-man unit in that starting lineup, right? Like there's so much versatility there and I'm sure we're going to get into like the one-on-one matchups and things like that. Like I feel like Mark's going to hold his own 
against Joel, right? Like, yeah. Joel's going to get his numbers, but, like, I don't think any of these guys are particularly going to, like, go off on any of these Raptors guys. Yeah, and, you know, this is less important because, um, you know, we know that Marcus all scoring is not what's going to make or break the Raptors. But the fact that Mark has been such an effective shooter means that Embiid is now has to come out closer to the perimeter. And I think, you know, most of Philadelphia's defense, they're great, but a lot of that is Embiid being an incredible shot blocker um, and also an incredible rebounder. And if you take him out of the paint a little bit, it does free up a lot more space for the rest of the starters. The one concern I will have is I, I can see the Sixers being a little bit smarter about how to attack Gasol as compared to um, the way Steve Clifford approached it because Brett Brown is really, um, I would say, not even innovative, but almost like you know, just trigger happy when it comes to just moving his lineups around. He really likes to move his starters in and out. They'll play short, like three-minute bursts, and then he'll throw – Like it's just not a very predictable rotation. And so I could see him, him sort of getting um, – and beat out of the game early, and then making sure that Embiid comes in when Ibaka's there, which, you know, Ibaka has had success against Embiid this year. He's played him three times, average 18 points a game. But at the same time, like, you know, we all know that Ibaka's not the same post defender as um, Gasol is. So I can see Brown doing that. Do you do you think Nick Nurse will adapt by changing his rotation to suit, or do you think he'll sort of keep it kind of consistent? I think he'll react if he needs to. I don't think he's going to be proactive in looking to change anything just because that starting lineup's been so good. So, you know, again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But again, if, if Philly tries to go a different route, I mean, I thought it was really interesting last year when the Raptors played the Cavs. You know, everyone talks about, you know, the bench not being important anymore. If you look at the Cavs, when they played Indiana, LeBron would play sort of, you know, the entire first quarter, then come out and then sit through the second, then close out that second quarter. But they recognized how important the Raptors bench was. Mm-hmm. And so LeBron would come out earlier than usual in the first, and then he'd start the second quarter. Right. Right. He would match Kyle Lowry's minutes. It, basically. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yo, JR, you can go handle DeMar. And, and shoot 71% from three. And that kind of killed that bench mob unit, right? So again, I could see... Brett Brown looking at this Raptors uh, rotation and saying, hey, you know what? Their starting lineup is great, but that bench unit is something we can attack. So we need, you know, some quality there. So maybe, you know, you stagger in such a way, you know, whether it's Simmons, whether it's Embiid coming in, uh, coming back in to attack uh, that unit. Uh, that is something that he could possibly look to do. And then, yeah, Nurse is going to have to adjust accordingly. Yeah, it almost makes it almost sounds like like Serge's role will be pretty important. In yeah. this series, right? Because yeah. if he's able to to manage Embiid during those minutes when Brett Brown's trying to find those matchups, then I don't think Nick really has to do too much mm-hmm. to tinker with the rotation, right? Like, I think Nick settled in. Obviously, every series is different, but I feel like Nick settled into the fact that, you know, the starters are going to be, you know, dominant. You rely on them to be dominant every night and then stagger the minutes of some of the starters with the bench units because, I mean... The bench, you know, some of the guys have had good, like, individual performances, like Norm, you know, like Serge, but it's still not kind of like a reliable unit, right? Like, I don't want to make too much out of that 18-0 run to end last night, but, like, <laughs> you still can't really trust the guys when it's not the starters out there. Right. So, I, I, you know, just talking through this right now, it feels like, I guess, Serge, how Serge handles his minutes against Embiid is going to be pretty important in this series. Yep, for sure. And, and the good thing is that the two sides have played each other a lot. 
uh, this season. So Serge knows what's coming. What's up? The one thing I'll add for Ibaka as well, you know, part of why the Nets went to Dudley at the five is just because just out of that desperation to get Embiid out of the paint, right? Um, and so you drag him out to the perimeter. Ibaka only shot, you know, what was it, 29% mm-hmm. from three over the course of the regular season. So if he's not hitting uh, his out shot, outside shot, in those minutes that Embiid's on the floor with him, it's going to allow Embiid to protect the paint, be, be where he wants to be. Um, so again, the importance of Ibaka, it, like he, he's looking like a real X factor in this series. Um, by the way, the, you know we we all, we all know the Raptors starting unit. It was really good. Raptors starting unit was plus eighty four in ninety six minutes in the first round. The Sixers' first uh, round starters seven, plus seventy one in forty nine minutes. Yeah. So. Arguably even better now. Obviously, that's completely dependent on the opponent, but you know it, it's it, it's no slouch. It's going to come down to the bench. We'll talk about the bench in a second, but let's go to the other side. How do you guys feel like Jimmy Butler can handle Kawhi Leonard? I mean, it, it, again, it, it goes back to like you can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them, right? And you do the best you can. So for for Philly, they're probably saying, "Hey, if Kawhi gets thirty and it's on, you know, say." 25 shots as opposed to 20 or 15 then that's a win right like i don't think you're going to keep Kawhi's numbers down he's so you know dominant uh, in terms of how he looks to take over the offense so i think the the raw numbers are going to be what they are it's the efficiency that the uh, sixers will look to uh cut down on and i think butler is capable of that i think i think he is that good a defender i think he is um you know if it as strong as he is, maybe that's one area where Kawhi has the advantage. But I would still expect him to be able to compete with Kawhi in the post and maybe make things uh, as difficult as any defender can. Yeah, no, I agree with Vivek, but I don't think, like, who who can really stop Kawhi if he's just getting to his spots and, and right. making his jumpers, right? And he's he's going to be able to get to the rim, post up and all that. Like, you called him, what did you call him, MJ with cornrows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He, like, you know, like he's he's one of the best one-on-one offensive players when he has it going. So I definitely think like give Jimmy credit. I think he'll make it hard for him. But you know, I think they're going to need to throw like multiple looks at Kawhi, and you know, I, I think Kawhi is going to get his points regardless. And like Vivek said, it'll just be an efficiency thing. Yeah, and, and I'll be curious to see if like depending on the style of play, if if Kawhi will get to the free throw line more consistently mm. in this round too, right? Um, to your point about the free throws. So Kawhi's played first of all Kawhi's thirteen and zero against the Sixers, yeah. lifetime. Yeah. All right. Now, granted, we did say a lot of those was against like the process team. Yeah, right? exactly. So right. everyone's a little, but this season three and zero. Game one. Well, actually, hold on. Forget the Kawhi versus the Sixers thing. Let's just look at Kawhi versus Butler. Okay, so game one, Butler was still in Minnesota. That was one of the best games I've seen Kawhi play this year, where Kawhi had f- shot fifteen of twenty three from the field. For 35 points, came up clutch down the stretch as well. And also, that was a game he had the no-look steal, by the way. Oh, great, yeah. great play. Um, then Jimmy joins the Sixers. Um, Kawhi and then the Raptors play the Sixers on December 5th. Kawhi goes 12-24 for 36 points. And then in the third meeting, um, I, I, Kawhi wasn't as effective, but he got to the free throw line 17 times. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what this kind of illustrates is that, like, you know, Butler is an incredible defender, a very dogged defender, um, doesn't back down, really disciplined as well. But, like, what makes him so good, especially as we've seen in previous years when he was the Bulls versus, like, DeMar, is that he's so physically imposing. He's really strong, right? And a lot of guards, um, he's just able to outmuscle and stuff. Unfortunately, Kawhi is stronger and he's bigger. 
And in that kind of instance, like I don't really see Butler having the same success because most of his success is predicated on being physical. Um, and you know, Butler, he's a great defender, and I, I think he will, he will make Kawhi work. But ultimately, we've seen this season Kawhi can get his points against Butler. It's really just do the Sixers try to double, yeah, and sort of force Kawhi to give it the ball, and, and if the Raptors can, you know, capitalize. And I think ever since Gasol has joined the starting lineup, the answer is yes. You can't really double the Raptors. You're going to give up an open shot. Well, the one thing that's weird about the Sixers is you know they allowed the fifth most shots at the rim. Like you, you would think with having him be there, they would they would be more protective of the paint. But they really just depend on contesting at the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have, they have one of the best contest uh, percentages. But um, you know, a lot of times players will get the ball up top and they can't. Really stop guys, and then they just depend on Embiid to get the block or make a play uh, behind them. You, that's why you saw Karis Levert and sort of uh, D'Angelo Russell and Dinwiddie go off at times, right? Like it, w- once you get say Redick in a one-on-one situation, they just clear out and let them go. Um, so I think uh, again, when when you look at attacking Embiid or you look at just getting to the paint, that's something that Kawhi is, is should be able to take full advantage of, especially if you know they're able to get. You know, run some one, whether it's, you know, two, three pick and rolls or whatever it may be, right? Or even playing you know, a little bit off Danny uh, in the post if, if he's if he's got Redick on him, right? Yeah. The Sixers always seem like a team that, based on the players that they have, should be a better defensive team. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah. Like, they're very inconsistent. And the one more point about Kawhi versus Jimmy is that, you know, I know it's very cliche, but it's like, I think Kawhi does take those matchups personally Mm -hmm. um you know i think when jimmy was here earlier this year they talked about like their friends like they talked and jimmy said that he's given him advice about his free agency and things like that but you saw like that one come to the clippers (laughs) (laughs) that one perform yeah they might be teammates next year the 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 one matchup that we go back to was when Kawhi went up against kd when the warriors was here right like you know, the, the Magic didn't necessarily have that one guy that Kawhi was matched up against. And, like, we, we joke a lot about, you know, how Kawhi makes that face in the post when he just seems very, like, just, you know, it's ridiculous that I have this guy on me right now. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to score over you. But, like, I think that is in him in that, like, you know, people going to talk about this matchup, right? Like, Jimmy having the reputation on the defensive end and things like that. I think Kawhi's going to take those things personally. And, you know, I don't think it'll be a surprise to see him have another monster series. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Um, on the flip side, Kawhi we've seen in, especially towards the second, the later games in the series, Kawhi's defense, you know, there there's levels. And especially in game four, I mean, I think he got like four or five deflections, two blocks, two steals. Like, he was everywhere, right? Um, so, Kawhi's a great defensive weapon. The thing is, the Sixers have multiple players on the wing where you could conceivably put Kawhi on so I'll just start there like Vivek where, where, where are you putting Kawhi in terms of either Simmons Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler um I again I'll, I'll go back to what I said about um the Orlando series I think there is a psychological impact when you can take your best players out of the series so when you look at the ideal matchups for Kawhi if you can put him on Ben Simmons early and 
you know, cause a few turnovers and get him get in his head a little bit. I think that has a significant impact on the flow of the game going forward. So I, I would I would start uh, Kawhi out on Ben Simmons, uh, and then you know when when he needs his rest or you know needs a bit of a break, then you can maybe have him over on a Tobias Harris or something like that. Um, but yeah, especially with the way you see that he can manage his foul trouble, um, he's never been you know a foul prone guy. He know, and we've seen even in these playoffs that you know game two when he picks up the foul trouble, it doesn't impact how he plays the game. Like he's still aggressive, he still goes about his business in the post, whatever it is. So I I I'd feel pretty comfortable with Kawhi on Simmons to start and really look to send a statement early. Yeah, and I think like you put Kawhi on Simmons and you take away a lot of the actions that the Sixers are trying to run. And then yeah. it's like, they're going to have to make kind of the secondary adjustments, right? Like yeah. once you take that away. And I think this is the part where, you know, you guys talked about how Nick might need to be uh, a little flexible with how he manages his lineups and stuff like on the defensive end too, right? Like coming mm-hmm. down a stretch in the fourth quarter, like you can pick and choose where you want to put Kawhi uh, against their closing lineup, right? Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's Jimmy, you know, maybe it's it's Simmons. And obviously, like, the Raptors have five really good defensive players out there in yep. their closing lineup. So the switching and all that stuff I don't think will be a huge issue. But, you know, I'm with Vivek. Like, I think you put him on Simmons, and obviously there's a huge track record of what Kawhi's done to Simmons this year. And then you just go from there, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think, look, again, to your point about adjusting the closing lineups and stuff, like we know where the Sixers are going to go to when they're closing games. They're going to Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And in those situations, yeah, you switch up the you switch up the matchups. Unless, who knows, maybe either Pascal or Danny has been doing such a good job, you don't necessarily want to move that around. Right. But, like, that's a hell of a fastball to throw at someone. At the, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, oh, yeah, then again, by the way, um, your best player is getting guarded by Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> like, I want Kawhi to be guarding whoever has the ball. Yeah. Like, yeah. at the end yeah. of the game. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you know that matchup. Like, you know Jimmy's going to go to that right elbow shot every time yep. that fadeaway. So, yep. um, again, in terms of contesting that, you know, that's where maybe the mistake that Gasol and Kawhi had in that game one guarding DJ Augustine now helps you going forward, right? Because you, because of that mistake, now they're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and so those kind of plays, especially now where we're going to see a ton of dribble handoffs uh, from the Sixers, you, you should expect to be see a lot more uh, communication uh, and a lot less mistakes. Um, to your point about mentally breaking the Sixers, yeah. right? Um, I agree that I would personally put Kawhi on Ben Simmons just because, A, like Ben Simmons initiates a lot of their offense. So yeah. if he has a hard time just dribbling the basketball because Kawhi's on him, yeah. well, it's going to create a lot of problems, right? But um, you also look at over the course of the three games that Kawhi has played against the Sixers, um, Ben Simmons has 24 turnovers in those three games. And in one game alone, he's had 11. And after that game, he just said Kawhi's a freak because that was the first time he ever played against him. Um you know, if Kawhi can force a lot of turnovers, and I think, you know, it's it's also a point where what, one thing the Raptors did really well against Orlando is that, like, Orlando's half for defense outside of game five, which I don't know what the hell they were doing. But outside of game five, they were pretty good defensively, right? Um, but the Raptors were able to force a bunch of these turnovers. And this is something you wrote about today, about how, um, you know, the Raptors being such a, a team where they're, they, they're able to swarm you, they got a lot of players with great hands, they anticipate. And if they can do that to a team like the Sixers who are really turnover prone, then that could really fuel the Raptors' offense. Yeah, and I think it's encouraging that, again, with a Magic team that finished 
you know, sixth in sort of taking care of the ball um, in terms of their turnover rate. Now you're going up against a Sixers team that was one of the worst <laughs> at uh, taking care of the ball. Like you would imagine that the Raptors are going to relish the opportunity to get out on the break even more. You look at Siakam, you know, whether 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 he gets the ball and goes out on the run or it leaks out by himself. You look at the way Lowry's playing right now, the energy that he's got. Um, I, again, the one area that you maybe look to improve is the one the one thing that went missing against orlando was probably those transition danny green threes Mm -hmm. um and i think that again could be another one that sort of breaks the sixers backs where if you get that going now you've got the full transition game going for the raptors because that was probably the one thing that was missing in the orlando series yeah the question i have for you guys is you know this whole Kawhi ben simmons thing right like brett brown and the sixers obviously know that's coming Mm -hmm. yeah so like what do you think they do knowing that, you know, Kawhi's had a history of, you know, taking away the stuff that, that Ben tries to do when he initiates the offense. Like, what, what can they do? I think they'll try to coax the Raptors to switch. Yeah. Because they know the Raptors will probably switch one through four in the series. Um, one play that they but, do go to, um, it's that pistol play where Simmons will run the handoff on, like, the right elbow, and then he'll go all the way around to the left block. Okay. And then they get him for the post-up. Uh, on a mismatch because uh, it's just you know to go so they'll uh, be trying to force to exactly they, so they'll be trying to force uh, they'll be trying to force switches as much as they can mm-hmm. right i think that that's the best way for them to go about it um and again you know for them if they can get a get kyle lowry on him because i think size wise i think that's what impacts simmons more than anything right like most of the time when he's going up against traditional point guards he can just back he, them down. yeah he can back them down or even when he's up top they're small enough where he, he can see the floor comfortably, right. right? Now all of a sudden you've got Kawhi with his <laughs> wingspan and his claws. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now all of a sudden all your, your passing angles are cut down on too, right? So I think the key for them is getting Kawhi off him as much as possible. But again, that, then that also means that Kawhi is, you know, switching on to yeah. Jimmy or well, Tobias. That's, that's or, the thing. It's like how <laughs> many mismatches can the Sixers really create with the switching? Right. Like, unless it's Embiid on a smaller guy in the post. It's basically Embiid on Larry. Like, that's it, right? Like, are you yeah. concerned yeah. about any other kind of, you know, cross matchups that would, like, concern you? No, again, it, it, it's yeah. like like Embiid uh, against Siakam would would sure. have the, a clear advantage, I think. Yo, Siakam's had some nice small ball minutes against Embiid this year, by the way. Yeah. Just putting it out there. <laughs> But I mean, you won't have to do it in this series. But overall, they'll take that as a win, right? But again, you know, I think to your point, it's like so much of what they're trying to do is to get away from their primary matchup. Mm -hmm. You know, where you know you're trying to get Simmons away from Kawhi, you're Mm -hmm. trying to get him beat away from Gasol. I feel like the Raptors (laughs) have it covered. Yeah, is the thing. Yeah, I mean, am I too confident? This, this, no. uh, Honestly, I was thinking about this last (laughs) night, and I I feel like this could potentially be an underwhelming series. Mm. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. We're doing predictions later. (laughs) I got a fire prediction. (laughs) Um, By the way, so do you feel like um, Kawhi completely stopping um, Ben Simmons in his tracks and forcing him to like five, six turnovers a game is the best way to mentally break the Sixers? Because I think more than anything else. With the Sixers, you do want to play a mind game just because it always feels like that team is on edge. Mm. And there's, like, different personalities who all feel like that team should be theirs and, you know, different competing agendas and stuff. Mm. Like, how would you go to go about demoralizing the Sixers? Because I feel like the one way is obviously you, you, you do it with, uh, with Simmons. But the other way is I feel like this year there's been a lot of instances where if you cover up Jimmy Butler, he completely disengages because it's not really his team. 
And that's another way I go about it. And, of course, Embiid, you know, he's he's always going to start some stuff. But if you give it back to him, I, I'm not sure he can he can take it. Yeah, I think, you know, shouts to Dame Lillard last night. No, like, shouts I, to Dame I think Lillard. you should take the Dame Lillard approach, and I think the Raptors will, is that they're just going to let their play speak for themselves. Mm. I think what bothers people who trash talk the most is when you don't respond. Yeah. Mm. Right? And I think Kawhi is obviously the perfect guy for that because he's not going to get involved in that off-the-court kind of one-on-one, whatever Joel Embiid wants to say about the Raptors. And, you know, the thing we want to remember, too, is, like, I know the Raptors as a franchise has a history in the playoffs, right? But you look at this matchup, the Raptors have way more experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you start with Danny and Kawhi, Mark, obviously. I mean, Kyle at this point is a playoff vet, right? Yeah. Um, While the Sixers, this is their second run, right? And, And really their first run together with Tobias and Jimmy. So... You know, I, I feel like the best way to break them is to just ignore all of that stuff. Like, they're going to start that stuff. And, like, the Nets got way too involved in that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, what I feel like what Jared Dudley did was probably good for his team to fire them up and things like that. But the Raptors are too talented that they don't need to get involved in any of that. No, that's the thing, right? The Sixers are always looking for that fuel mm-hmm. to get them going. And when you look at that moment when Butler and Dudley got ejected, Embiid, it lit a fire under him. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. took his game to another level. And that's why, again, why the Gasol matchup is so good, right? Mm-hmm. Gasol doesn't care for any of that. He's just going to go do his thing. Yeah. You know, Embiid can go post on Instagram, whatever, whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> Gasol's like, man, I got You're two kids to see. Like, yeah. I don't it's have time for this. I got kids. I'm trying to take them to go whale watching. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to play on Instagram. I think the Sixers are going to show a level of respect to the Raptors that they didn't show to the Nets, though. Like, yeah. Embiid was at the podium, like, laughing after he elbowed Jared Allen and things like that. I don't know if he's going to be doing that against Toronto. You're but saying they're not going to be on their phones on the bench? <laughs> wow. Yo, poor Amir Johnson, man. Poor Amir Johnson. <laughs> yeah, leave Amir alone. He's, he's so close to having played on all the Atlantic Division teams. Yeah. It's just the Nets left. He's chasing Greg Monroe, man. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Greg Monroe. The Greg Monroes. <laughs> Greg Monroe has played, the, he's played for all four teams. He's played has for he played all for the four teams. Not the Knicks, but he's played for all four, all four teams, teams that are present in now, the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Greg Monroe tribute video game. Yeah, one. definitely. Yeah. Demar level ovation. Um. One question. One other question I had <laughs> on this list. Yo, Demar always gets brought up. It's really unfortunate that what happened. It's a pro Demar podcast. Yo, shouts to Demar. I feel like the slander has been low in the playoffs, man. Yeah. Everyone respects. Demar. Although, yo, the Spurs. What are you doing? I thought you guys were going to take care of the Nuggets. Now you guys are down three two. Yeah, that series is really weird. Anyways, back no, on track. Also, like no one's watched like more than three games of that yeah. series. It's, it's not that interesting, even though it is very interesting. Um, should the Raptors play fast or slow against the 76ers? I feel like um, there's arguments for and against both because the Sixers are a pretty lethal transition team, but. You know, rappers are also pretty damn good in transition themselves. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the arguments for both because I think that's the beauty of this team. The You look at the way they played all season, the different looks that they had. I think this is how Nurse wants them to be, being able to adapt to any opponent and knowing that they can do it better than pretty much every opponent that they face except maybe the Warriors, right? So um, I think uh, for the Sixers... They will probably look to push the pace, and that will work in the Raptors' favor because that probably means that there's, you know, more passes being made, the ball being thrown around, um, and the and Raptors will also not the best full court guy. And exactly. Beats much better half court. Exactly. So, um, and I think that plays right into the Raptors' hands if they try to slow it down. You know, the Raptors, their starting unit, they were playing at a, a pace of 96 possessions, right? So. 
Um, I think that works to their favor as well. I think the thing that was really interesting to me was uh, since the Gasol acquisition, uh, the Raptors scoring in the paint has gone up by five points per 100 possessions, which is a huge jump. Um, and again, you t- you talk about dragging Embiid out of the paint. Gasol, you know, obviously he can knock down the three, but his ability to facilitate from up there and, uh, you know, find cutters, find, uh, find the open man uh, for the shot. I think, again, that's another uh, deal breaker for the Sixers in, st- in terms of... Um, whether whether they in terms of them figuring out how they want to go about whether it's playing fast or playing slow. Yeah, I don't I don't think it really matters yeah. for the Raptors. You know, I feel like pretty comfortable with them in the half court yeah. on, on both ends of the floor. And yo, shout out to Marcus Olman. Don't you guys feel like that's that was like the perfect acquisition for this team? <laughs> it's crazy, like he man. in retrospect, yes, 100%. they slotted him right into this five man lineup. Like the Raptors would not have this dominant five man lineup without Mark. No. On both ends of the floor, like it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, who who was it said that, uh, that said he's basically the seven foot version of Lowry, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's sad. <laughs> Gotta give him credit. Also, uh, JV shouldn't show up to game one in round two because uh, that was the only L that the Raptors took wow. in round one. JV and Bebe. Yeah, and Bebe. Yeah, yeah. Bebe's allowed. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it's weird when we think back on the trade deadline about how the Raptors were really hot after uh, Nikola Miritic. That was a report at the time. Yeah. And it, it kind of made sense. It's like Raptors need a shooting. They need some depth at power forward. You bring in Miritic, you could do both. I would much rather have Gasol oh, than yeah. Miritic right so now. Just, do you remember how discombobulated the offense would look like with Kawhi out and then Kawhi yeah. in from game to game? Like, yeah. You don't see that anymore. Yeah. I think like, Gasol was like the second most important player in the the first round series. Yeah, I think that's a fair point to make. And, and he's again, closer to one than he is to three. And you again, you talk about the difference between Miritich and Gasol. Is like the Raptors were struggling with their three-point shooting. They were 23rd in the league before they acquired Gasol. And uh, instead of get, just getting another shooter who, again, you've got to try and create shots for, they got someone that can create open shots consistently and keep them in a flow consistently and that's when you saw them jump. Like they were, they were number one in three point shooting uh, ever since they got him. Yeah, and then you know they struggled for a little bit in the first couple of games mm-hmm. in terms of the outside shot. But now again, you're seeing that pick up as well. So um, I think, yeah, the Gasol trade. You, yeah, you can make the case that you know after Kawhi, um, he might be along with Lowry, like, the most impactful player on the team. Yeah, people kind of over. Like, I don't think a lot of people that watched the first round series watched Orlando a lot during the regular season. Like, Vucevic was a monster yeah. during the yep. regular season. Yeah. Like, 100%. he was really, really good. Yeah. And, like, I think people might even be understating, like, the impact that Mark just took him out of the series. I mean, seriously, he had six points in an elimination game, played 17 minutes. That's yeah. their best player. This guy was, he was demoralized. Up, this guy was like a 2010 every night yeah. during the regular season. Well, the funny thing is, uh, if you look at the on-off stats... Uh, Vucevic finished with 32 minutes with Gasol off. And so in those 32 minutes, he had 22 points, nine rebounds, four assists, just one turnover. That's basically a season average. That's, yeah, that's the guy he's been. Yeah. So, so that guy has been there in this series. And Mark just, just took it away. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I can't wait for that to happen to Embiid as well. Although I, 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 yeah. I, by the way, I think Mark is going to take an elbow to the head. This whole podcast is going to be on freezing cold takes. In a oh, week. Who's, who's going to be the best Cameroonian in the series? 
Ooh. Oh, man. I was just going to say it. That's a good transition because Pascal, I'm looking at the Pascal versus Tobias Harris matchup, and Tobias Harris just has never really impressed me. Like, I know he's had a nice year. When the Raptors have played the Clippers this year, though, Tobias Harris has not done much, but and the Raptors haven't played the Sixers in their current iteration. But um, he just defensively, I don't think he's quite there. He's not as physical as he needs to be. He's also a little bit, not sh- like, he's not, doesn't small wingspan, but doesn't really strike you as a physically imposing guy. Right. And I just feel like Pascal can feast. Like, in terms of going one-on-one, that's another option the Raptors can c- consistently generate efficient offense from. And so, you know, Pascal, I don't know. And it's going to be very important for Pascal to continue being a number two option, right? Because yeah. uh, the Sixers, as much as we're talking about how the Raptors match up well defensively, the talent is so, so good that the starting lineup is going to score a lot of points, mm-hmm. no matter how good the Raptors' defense is. Mm-hmm. And it's really up to Pascal to sort of supplement the offense that Kawhi's going to put out there. And one of the biggest things was, you know, Pascal averaging 22 points a game in the first round. That's huge. He needs to keep that up. And um, to be honest, he needs to thoroughly outplay Tobias Harris for me in this series. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, and again, when, when you look at Pascal's development, all the, all the moves that he can go to, um, I don't think I, I, I think he's going to look at Tobias Harris as an easier matchup than Jonathan Isaac. Uh, when when you oh, yeah. when you look at the length that Isaac uh, presents, when you look at you know his ability to keep up with Siakam in transition, I think all those things now uh, it almost prepares you to be even better against Tobias. Yeah, and I think that first round from Pascal was so important for him. Yeah, like, confidence wise. Yeah, confidence sure. wise, yeah. right? Like it's now he knows like he can be this type of player on this stage, right? Because mm-hmm. he had never done it before. You know, he was kind of a bit player last year. You know, they put him on LeBron a little bit and that didn't turn out very well, things like that. But now he's a 2010 guy. And, you know, for as much as like we talk about, like I know like the Sixers have a lot of talent. The Raptors obviously do as well. Um, you know, I think Will's right in that Pascal does need to like continue that and have yeah. a really good series. Like the Raptors have these kind of like little edges, like you know, like Kawhi on Simmons, mm. Pascal against Tobias. But those edges have to like bear out, right? Yeah, and are. like add those all together, and the Raptors will probably win the series. Yeah. Um, before we go to the the, the predictions and stuff, who has the shittier bench? All right, because we we've established earlier in the seri- in the podcast that both the Sixers and the Raptors have great starting units. Um, the Sixers are mostly looking at Mike Scott. Boba Marjanovic and TJ McConnell coming off the bench, which three guys, both three very meme worthy. In terms of just media wise, very interesting guys. Maybe not TJ, <laughs> but he gets he gets slammed a lot. It's actually really easy to make His fun of. His face turns red. It's <laughs> so red. Um, versus Norm Surge and Fred, who you know struggled a little bit against Orlando, but came on strong in games four and five. Who do you who would you give the edge to off the bench? This one's hard. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I go I back to like, Vivek's point about Surge. Yeah. Like, I feel like, let's see how Surge does, mm, like, kind yeah. of on both ends of the floor. I, I feel like Vivek's right in that he could be an X factor and really, like, swing the series in, like, small ways from game to game. Um, Can't wait but, for Surge to block Boban. <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> I feel like it's moment. such a toss up. Like, all those guys are so inconsistent yeah. from night to night, right? Like, you're going to get a great performance from Norm, and then he won't be there for two games. Um, you know, Fred had had his troubles on the defensive end. Yeah, and then what did he, he did? He have like ten assists. Yeah, he, last had, night? he had ten assists last night, which yeah. was incredible. Because yeah. I don't think he had ten assists in the series yeah. up to that point. Yeah, so yeah. so I'm actually just gonna call it a push. Uh, like, it's, yeah, it's too hard to pick. Say, yeah. It's too hard to pick. It's because it's, it's weird too. Because the talent on paper severely favors the Raptors. Yes, right. But however, we've we, seen the results. Yeah, the we've results seen the have, results of the one there. Yeah. 
yeah, that's a that, that's a draw. Like again, it, it probably comes down to you know the the starters who are staggering with them, and who whoever can outplay whoever. And uh, this goes back to your original point of you know what to what does Brett Brown look to do in terms of attacking that bench unit? Does Nick Nurse look to change the rotations a little bit? Um, so you know if it's if it's Kyle and Fred, um, you know maybe that's an opportunity for. Uh, Philly to have Simmons go at Fred a bit mm-hmm. so again the, I think those cross matches with the bench units could get really interesting whereas you know we were talking earlier about maybe Philly doesn't have an opportunity to cross match well in mm-hmm. the starting unit I think the bench unit where again now the Raptors are going to be without that length and athleticism of OG um, for at least you know seems like at least the start of the series where there's no real update on him yet um, I think Again, the the length on the bench unit is something potentially that Philly could attack. So I'll I'll say you know I'll say Philly actually has a slight edge, but Serge Ibaka can change that. Yeah, and what about what about the coaching matchup? Wow. Nick Nurse, Brett Brown. You're just gonna move past my point about <laughs> Mike Scott averaging 11 points a game on 63 percent shooting with the Wizards last year against the Raptors. He was a problem. Yeah, he did that. You know, he did that. He you really know, did you know that. He's gonna have a 20. I didn't point really game. notice that. Yeah. Really. Also, uh, you know. I, I feel like I can guarantee with 100% that uh, you might be writing something on Mike Scott after this whole series is done and over with. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan of Mike Scott's whole personality, hockey jerseys. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. No, but like the Nick, the Nick Brett point I'm trying to make is like I know you guys have been talking a lot about how they're going to have to make adjustments like throughout the series, right? Like depending mm-hmm. on yeah. the matchups and things like that. And, you know, and I don't think necessarily the spotlight is going to be on Nick, but like we talked about this last night on the podcast too. It's like, he was brought in for these situations, right? Yeah. Like you want a coach yeah. who's going to react within, like during a game, make mm-hmm. adjustments during a game, mm-hmm. not wait till you lose a game yeah. and then make adjustments and possibly not make the correct adjustments either, right? Yeah. Shouts to Dwayne. Um, wow. But <laughs> like, I think the, if we're not talking about Nick during this series, then the Raptors will be in good shape. Yeah, because we didn't really talk about Nick outside of game one. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, so, so and game er- one. And everyone got Everyone got shitted on after game one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, game one, to Nick's credit, that, you know, cross-matching Danny Green onto DJ Augustine obviously limited him mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. that final minute. Yeah, he made that um, adjustment in the yeah, second half. Right? Exactly, yeah. right? Again, I thought I thought it was a big call uh, for Kawhi to get the two fouls in game one and, you know, game Nick two. to just, uh, game two, yeah. uh, and Nick just uh, just ride it out. And even when he picked up his third later, he was like, no, we, we can just roll with this. We know he has more steals than fouls in his career, so we'll just keep going. Um, so I think he's done subtle things that um, maybe in hindsight, because of the way the Raptors dominated the series, don't stand out. But I think those are the little things that can make a difference. And it shows his his confidence as well, right? Like, I think, you know, the safe move would have been to take Kawhi out where no one can really say anything. Oh, this is the traditional thing you do. But he said, no, this is what I believe and this is what I'm sticking with. And that, and again, that's probably the one thing that stood out to me over the course of the season. When you look at uh, the way he had the timeshare at center, uh, going matchup-wise, he is adamant about what he believes in and you need that in the postseason and i think players thrive off that where they know okay my coach you know he believes in what he's doing there's a reason for me to believe in the system everything he's asking us to do because obviously he believes it can work yeah i feel like nick's just gonna pick up a lot of credit for the work he's done this year kind of in hindsight mm, yeah. as the yeah. raptors move for further. sure because no, you're gonna see kind of the big picture of what yeah. he was doing right? mm-hmm. no, nobody's gonna want to just preemptively gas up nick nurse Um, Will he bring a guitar to Philadelphia? Yes. 
Yeah, probably. What do you think is what what do you think is his go to song? Old Town Road guitar cover, man. <laughs> to Kawhi one on one. I've said this many times. Do you think and he's then, like a, and then Kawhi lit up like a Christmas tree. Do you think it's like a do you think he's one of those Wonderwall guys? Or do you think he actually knows how to No, I think I think Nick's got probably like a deep cut like catalog. He's from Iowa, you know? I feel like Yeah. You're probably Alex is right. You're probably playing real guitar. Yeah. It's not like me. Learn, gotta, learning gotta, the scientist they Michael gotta, play banger yeah. Yo, everybody played John Mayer at my university whenever you saw a guy playing like you know <laughs> John Mayer's a hell of a guitarist <laughs> yeah, yeah. your body your body is a wonderland okay, everyone yeah. always played that outside yeah. of that no but I think um, yeah no Nick and the guitar is interesting and Nick's hat he's got his own branded hat I'm still trying to figure Nick out hmm. the yeah. question like is he interesting is he not I don't know yeah, yeah he, he might be low-key swaggy <laughs> Or he just might, you know. Well, he'll get a monster profile if the Raptors make the finals. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we got Multiple. to root for that. Multiple. We got to root for that. Um, two more questions before we go to the prediction. Real quick. More likely to fight Larry and Simmons or Ibaka and Embiid? Ibaka and Embiid. Why? Uh, because it's Ibaka and he fights like eight people a year? Ibaka is reckless. Um, Embiid is reckless. That's a, that's a reckless player. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, th- I think, you know, especially... You know, if Embiid is struggling to get his post ups going against Marcus All, I, I could see him trying to take that out on Ibaka. A couple uh, yeah, exactly. And then mm. you know, we know how Ibaka is about people disrespecting him. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I think Kyle Lowry, I think, is going to be level headed enough to understand that uh, the team really needs him. Mm. Um, but when Ben Simmons tries to show him up in his own hometown. Yeah, but I mean, like the last time they did that, and then they went at the tunnel. Yeah, Kyle's got people to take care of that. Wow! <laughs> oh, yeah, <this> <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Serge's word. You know, he apologized for what happened against Marquise Chris. And Having seen, to apologize for I'm sorry, I, can't, I keep fighting people. <laughs> it's just such a funny thing. Uh, to I'm say. gonna take his word. I feel like. It's, it probably happened so recently that it's still on his mind. Sure. That he yeah. understands that that's not... Obviously, in the heat of the moment, he's not going to be thinking about that yeah. if he catches an elbow from Embiid. But I think Ben Simmons is really underrated in how he gets under people's skin. He's really Like, I know right. Embiid's the one that everybody always celebrates in terms of the trolling that he does on and off the court. But, like, when Ben Simmons wants to be a prick, like, he's a prick. Yeah, And, like, definitely. it's really annoying. Like, just like if you're watching, like, you're rooting for the other team... And so I'm going to go with Kyle and, uh, and Simmons, but I don't think anything's going to happen in this series. Mm. Yeah. I really don't. I think the stakes are so high for both teams. Right, that, right. That, you know, you might get a couple incidents here and there with, with Joel, but I don't think it's anything that's going to be like the magnitude of that net series. I can't wait for the Fred versus TJ matchup oh. to surprise us all. <laughs> well, Fred went against LeBron last year, remember? Oh, yeah. Like that shoving match, I think, in like game one. He was trying to earn yeah. that contract. Yeah. That was cool until they got swept. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Next question: Which Sixer will we hate the most when this series is over? Ben Simmons. I'm, I'm uh, I think Simmons. it's easy yeah. answer. Well, I think it's going to be Ben definitely Simmons. Simmons for me. Yeah, yeah. But Embiid is close because he will flop his way into a couple calls, put Mark into foul trouble, and I'm going to have to write more pieces about how officiating has been unbalanced. <laughs> curious, curious face. You know, an unpopular opinion: Ben Simmons is funnier than Joel Embiid. Huh. Has anyone heard I think Ben the Simmons way, tell jokes? No, but like he, he, what was it? When Magic, was it Magic who was like, I want to work with Ben Simmons and Elton Brand said no, right? Yeah. Like the next day there was a quote from like Keith Pompey who covers the team in Philadelphia. He said that like Simmons like was on the phone in the locker room and pretended he was talking to Magic. Mm. Like just like little <laughs> things like that. Like I've heard a lot of things about Simmons that's like pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Like 
And also, like, I think he got a couple jokes off last year, too, when the Rookie of the Year debate was happening yeah. with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, Like, Mitchell was wearing that really try-hard hoodie, you know, that said the definition of a rookie. Right, 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 right. Simmons got a couple jokes off. Like, yeah. yeah. Whenever yeah. you go to the website, that definition. <laughs> uh, no, you're, you've already lost at that point. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. to your question, though, I think we all agree. Like, I think Simmons is going to – I think the fan base is going to – Simmons is going to get on their nerves a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, th- I think especially you know when you look at Kyle Lowry and how beloved he is here. Mm, um, yeah. If he if he tries to try some you know funny stuff with Lowry, then you know you're gonna see the entire fan base take on that, right? And uh, come out, come at Kyle. Yeah, I think that's the key. <laughs> and, and like Embiid and Simmons are just they're always delivering a soundbite about something. Yeah, they're, you'll they're, ask them about Jared Dudley, yo, and suddenly yeah. that turns into a series long beef. They're young OKC level in yeah. terms of just remember how uh, Katie and and and, and uh, Westbrook used to be on the podium and get mad at like Mark Cuban or whatever. It's like that level for those two, except they don't actually like each other at all. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> they don't. It's not even the fake love that Katie showed. It's just no love at all. <laughs> uh, and then last thing, prediction. I'm going to go with Raptors in seven. Because, look, the talent is really good for the Sixers. I, I, my heart wants to say Raptors in five, but I think right. realistically the Sixers solve, and if they solve Gasol, for example, or if Pascal isn't able to score a lot, then I could see the series going long. So mm-hmm. I'm going seven. I'm, okay, so I'm going to assume that the Raptors finally take care of business to start the series and oh, so win the win. first two at home. I'm taking the Raptors in five. I, I, think, I think the games will be close. The yeah. matchups will be close. I just feel like when it comes down to it, like the Raptors, like I said, just have those tiny advantages that is just going to add up and play out at the end of games. Mm. Right. So I think it's going to be a really close series, but I'm going to take Raptors in five. Yeah, I have the Raptors winning in six. Okay. Um, in Philly. Yeah. I think they close it out uh, mm. in Philly. I mean, again, I, I could very easily see the first two games be a, being a split. Yeah. Um, and then the Raptors sort of figuring things out from there. Uh, th- that that first game is always so hard to predict because it's, I hate it's, that it's, first it's game, always man. Kyle Lowry gets like way too amped up. He, he puts up the same number. Is there any way they can like just have a scrimmage tomorrow? <laughs> and, like really, just pretend yeah. that's a game one. You tell Kyle, like that. let Kyle get his like over eight out of the way. Like, yeah, the Raptors just like fake announce the playoff schedule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's just so like annoying. Really, game one. Literally every <laughs> series you have to play from behind. Yeah, literally yeah. every series you give up. The home court advantage. It's the worst feeling. Yeah. And you have to stress like all the way through like game four and game five because now every game is like serious. Yeah. yeah. Like just get out to the 2-0 lead. Yeah. You know, take care of business at home. Mm-hmm. Split in Philadelphia. <laughs> and then come home and take care of business in five games. I thought it was hilarious last year when, you know, they went up 2-0 against Washington and were like, oh, this is what we've been waiting for. Yes. And then they blew both games. <laughs> blew both games. Yeah. Almost lost game five. Yeah. Right. And it was like, oh, man. Game six was on the line until fourth quarter. Yeah. And when DeLon Wright had a huge game. But yeah, just so. take care of business. Like, I, I, I am going to believe that this Raptors team is different because they are. Mm-hmm. And on paper, I just feel like I just feel like they're the better team. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think they yeah. should win the series. They should. And by the way, yeah. if they do win the series. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to read a lot. We're gonna gleefully read a lot of futures about what the Sixers do next because they yeah. kind of push their chips in all. They went all in, and there's got, no way all four of them come back. Right? No, I don't think Jimmy's coming back. No, no, and also, are you gonna commit long-term money to Tobias Harris? Which like, trade do you think they regret come. more? Like if they look back, both. 
Yeah. I think both. They should have stuck the course one more year with that roster. Yeah. Maybe I, move Markel, but that's about it. Yeah, the depth in terms of losing, like, Covington and Sarge. Even Shamit is good. Yeah. Like, Yo, Shamit and it's Shamit versus, like, Shamit's actually doing, like, pretty good defense against Steph Curry sometimes. And yeah. I'm just yeah. like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And he had that big shot, man, when they when they made that comeback. Yeah. All right. Nice. This, is, this is an anti-Clippers podcast, all right? This is an anti-Clippers podcast. <laughs> yeah, come at me. From come now me, until Lawrence July 1. DMs are open. Uh, but, yeah, I think... I think we all expect the Raptors to win. They should be the favorites. Mm. Um, that should be the expectation. Yeah. Um, it won't be easy. No. It's not no. easy. No. The Sixers but. are a quality opponent. Again, we've talked about yeah. their starting five being extremely good. Um, and so I think that's probably what they'll take hope from, right? I, I mean, it might come down to just edging those staggered lineups, those transitional units, right? Yeah. Um, and those are things you'll figure out throughout the course of a series. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Yeah. Raps in six. Raps in five. Raps in five. And then raps in seven. Freezing cold takes. All right. That does it for the podcast. Thanks to both Alex and Vivek for coming on. Uh, the coverage uh, in terms of game one, it, the Raptors have finally announced that it will be on Saturday at 7.30. Nice. So, you know, make your plans accordingly. But um, there will be another podcast after game one. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And, again, reminded to re- rate and review and subscribe to Raps Over Everything. We had a huge surge in subscriptions when I started, like, talking about it every single day on the podcast. And then I stopped talking about it, and the surge went down. So just keep doing that, you know. Keep doing that. So, um Keep doing it so I don't have to keep saying it. But uh, support the show by rating, reviewing, subscribing. And, uh, yeah, see you after game one. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.